Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Ryan, Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Ryan, Gam, slam, jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at. AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Yep, it's that time. It's feast week, folks. Thanksgiving is on the horizon. Crazy. Uh, the year's gone by so fast. Um, the final week of the regular season for college football. Um, what a week, week 12 in the NFL coming up. Um, college basketball is hot and heavy. Um, NHL, NBA, same thing, getting in the thick of it. It's a great time. Uh, podcast number 99, we're almost to 100. Uh, that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, we'll start off like we always do. Uh, podium, I'll go first. Um, Something that's been bugging me, just watching football all year long, and not just this weekend, watching my team choke for the umpteenth time in my life, just being stupid. Um, It's teams, I'm tired of it, teams being conservative when they're winning, you know, coming out at halftime and changing up the game plan, not being aggressive, being soft when you're, I'm tired of it. What? How? How often? Yeah, I get it. Like, don't be as aggressive. Maybe taking big chances, but playing prevent defense, running the ball every time. Stupid play calls. I've seen this bite so many teams in the butt this year in particular in football. Just being stupid in the NFL, in college, you name it. Teams being conservative and not staying in attack mode. Just falling back. Oh, we've got this in the bag. I'm tired of it. It's going to cost teams games. I, it, it, I can't stand it. It's done, it's happened over and over again. Michigan State happened the other day. Illinois it kind of did. They kind of got conservative at the end of the game with play calls, doing different stuff than what they're doing. Lost in Michigan. Um, so many other times it's happened this year. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of seeing it. Can it please stop? Probably not. These teams, I, they're just stupid. These people are really stupid with their game management. I don't get it. All right, for mine, I hope you listened closely to our intro because probably not given our audience, but some of you might find this offensive. I honestly really don't care because it's our podcast and it's how I feel. This broke a little bit after our podcast last week about how the U.S. men's national soccer team was replacing the red, white, and blue um, emblem as part of their U.S. with the rainbow flag the lgbtqia whatever plus but at least that's what they claimed and they were making a statement about that i call bs here's why there is a time and a place for politics and the sports arena is not it it's not it the world cup is not the scene to make a stand for something a very sliver of people believe in. Human rights, I get it. I understand it. Maybe that's at the crux of this. This is a very minority thing for a very minority group on a stage that is not made for that. You can at me all you want. 
I don't care if you want to talk about elections, I wouldn't be for it. I don't care if you want to put a Ukrainian flag on everybody's jerseys, I wouldn't be for it. I'm tired of the rhetoric, I'm tired of the grandstanding and the politics being played into sports. Sports is one of, or should be, the last pure bastion of sanity that we have in this world. Political free. Shut up the LeBrons. Shut up the gay pride flags. Like the, you know, they forced guys to do it in Tampa Bay and some players, you know, during baseball season, some players said, no, I'm not going to. I'm tired of having your politics shoved down my throat, but when I have opinion, an opinion on the matter, I'm the asshole that has no um, no heart for other people. Screw you. I'm glad you tied today against Wales. Soccer's a wuss sport anyway. And the fact that you're going to tread on the very red, white, and blue and what this flag stands for, for a pride flag, makes me nauseous and I want to throw up all over the place. All right, Ryan. Yeah. Who are we flagging this week? You know, this we always do a tee up, you know, throw the flag. I... We're changing. We're doing the hero of the week. And this guy, I don't, I don't know his name. I just saw this on Twitter earlier. An Iranian soccer player uh, playing the Iranian national anthem. Wouldn't stand for it. Wouldn't sing it. Good for him because Iran stands for nothing good. And just like the previous thing you said, it's not. It's bring, He brought politics into it in a good way. Um, kind of flipping what you said, actually. Um, because his country does awful things to their people, to women, to other countries, their nuclear, um, you know, the, the, the way that they just treat people in general is awful, and he doesn't stand for it, and there's a good chance that this guy goes missing <laughs> randomly after yeah, that. I was going to say, the bigger World thing Cup. would be not even showing up and playing for your country in that case, but... He probably had no choice, otherwise he'd be dead, yeah. and now he might be dead anyway. So. But good for him for standing up for what he believes in and not going with the with the majority, because um, a lot of people don't stand up to that stuff, especially in countries like that. I mean, Qatar, they're doing this sport-washing stuff. Unbelievable. It, it, I don't even know why the World Cup is there. Trying to sell us on ads out. How, what a great technologically and you know whatever Behead advanced women, place that is. They um, won't. It's, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting thing, but... That's, that's a different topic. But that's a sign about how the rest of the world stands for the things that they think are cool, and sport washing is one of them, just like the live tour stuff. Ridiculous. Yep, absolutely. Same same, uh, same thing. Uh, it's sad, but it's true. Um, the evil in sports, there's a lot of good, and then there's some bad, um, and that's the bad. But four downs. Uh, college football week in review, week 12. Um, wow, one week left of the regular season. That's pretty wild. Where did the time go? Uh, we'll start off with the Big Ten. Um, let's just go Wisconsin-Nebraska here. I, I honestly Boring. didn't see any. I, I just know Wisconsin won, came back and won. Um, Nebraska had like Nebraska's, 152 yards of total offense or something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, let's they're see, not, what was it? Sorry, 171 yards of total off offense. Blew a lead, had a lead. Wisconsin came back and won 15 to 14. Um, I believe they're probably dead in the water for the Big Ten championship in the West anyway. But um, probably, maybe good, better, otherwise sealed Jimmy Leonard the job. Yeah, he. That's the the word on the street is that's going to be his job next week after the regular season's done. Good for him. Uh, we talked a lot about does he did he earn that earn it and apparently he did so good for him. Northwestern Purdue another snoozer seventeen nine I think was the final. Mm-hmm. 
What the? What is going Northwestern on? almost outgained Purdue. Purdue's offense is well, the minus against Illinois has been kind of stuck in neutral lately. The but they still, I think it's down to Purdue and Iowa, right in the yep. west. Iowa's for, in the driver's seat. Iowa plays in Nebraska. Purdue plays Indiana. Uh, who's more? Iowa has the tiebreaker, so Iowa has to lose and Purdue has to win. They both have equally crapola games against crapola teams. So, yeah, um, I don't know who's like who's more likely to pull the upset: Nebraska, because I think that's at Nebraska, um, or Indiana, which I believe that's at Indiana. So, yes. um, no, it's at Iowa. So, oh, it is. color that unlikely. Um, Purdue is just going to barely finish outside of it. Would be my guess. Yeah, but too we'll get bad. To, we'll get to picks in a minute. Too bad, um, but. Yeah, that game was sounded boring to me. Um, Michigan, Illinois. All right, Michigan, you got your eleven zero with your cupcake, your eight home games, your cupcake. And your schedule. help from the officials. You got. If you haven't seen it, I mean, on the key plays, there's Michigan guys blocking the receiver. They had a clear drop pass that they called complete. Re- it's ridiculous. Yeah, pick play. You can't tell me the refs are. And Bielema called him on it, and good you know what? Good for him because love him or hate him or whatever in between. On Bielema, I kind of called him out a couple weeks ago on the pod uh, for his pissing and moaning after the Michigan State game, but he had some legitimate beefs. Starting, oh, shock, tell me if you've heard this one before, with the tunnel issue at Michigan. Um, His team was supposed to be getting out. Michigan started to let themselves out, and they held Illinois back, let Michigan go first. Like, we're the bullies. This is our house. You'll do what we say when we want to. Shocking. When is this problem going to be addressed? Uh, Never. There's a reason Michigan State can't even have a full pad practice for four weeks because they're down so many players on defense because they're just dragging their feet on this supposed earth-shattering investigation that's going to over unturn like what maybe one arrest maybe, uh, maybe for both sides if there is one three four weeks later ridiculous just pure stupidity um, I you know I saw a lot of things about how you know the fix is in they wanted this for you know Michigan Ohio State. Game of the Century Part 2 to 2006 when it was 1v2. This is 2v3, blah, blah, blah. It's good for TV. It's good for fodder. It's good for rivalry. I'll tell you this much. I don't know why TikTok serves up every Michigan puke fan on my feed, but every single one of them gets blocked. So TikTok, maybe stop sending me Michigan fans, you know, slobbering all over Jim Harbaugh's knob about whatever he's gabbing about and, you know, preaching about at his freaking podium when he's so full of it you don't even sounds like joe biden up there um i'm i'm just want this game to be over with so we can just move on yeah um i mean getting back to the game jj not good again i mean he had 200 yards but he had to throw it at the end because no boy quorum if quorum can't play this no week, quorum no edwards i mean we're not in the preview i mean they can't they win. couldn't run the ball without yeah. him yeah. um yeah, their defense is solid, but who? I mean, Illinois ran the ball pretty well on them. They can't throw worth a crap. Has Michigan's secondary been tested all year? Absolutely not. I don't think that they can cover any of Ohio State's receivers, but I digress. Um, Moody saved them. Um, he's a great kicker. I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Lions uniform, honestly, because he's pretty money. Um, credit to him. Um, it's just... Just the same crap with Michigan, you know, squeaking by. And Rick Neuheisel earlier on uh, Full Ride made a great point. He said, what is Michigan without Blake Corum? How are they any different than Iowa? In, yeah, in reality, great, great defense and, and a more highly touted quarterback. A quarterback than the run a little more. That's it. <laughs> 
nothing. It's not much different. Yeah, really. Who has he had to beat with his arm? And if he has to do it this week, I'm sorry, this is not going to happen. No. Not going to happen. Uh, Ohio State, Maryland. Uh, you knew this was going to. I don't even know why. Maryland outgained Ohio State by. They always play them tough. It's, it's weird. It's really weird. Some teams have those those nemesis, you know, especially on the road, and that's one for whatever reason for Ohio State. They almost lost there a couple years ago. I think they almost lost there two years before that. Maryland kind of close to pulling one of those big upsets, and then Ohio State pulled away late. But um, it was kind of one of those weekends in college football of it was a bunch of like, huh, type of games with the top ranked teams, including some teams, you know. Shooting themselves right out of the playoff hunt. Yeah, um, which we'll get to in a couple. Penn minutes, State, Rutgers, not even close. Penn State's Penn outscored State's the last two good. opponents, eighty-five to ten. That does not bode well for Michigan State this weekend. Iowa, Minnesota. Now I feel for Minnesota here because Ibrahim has been—he's a great. He had what two hundred sixty-three yards? Two hundred sixty-three yards. Three hundred ninety-nine total. Uh, and he had two sixty-three. He's a great running back. I hope he's I hope he's successful in the pros. He, he's a stud. I, I feel bad for him. Iowa. Squeaks by again with like no offense, mm-hmm. um, and they're in the driver's seat, which is ridiculous. And this is a great argument, and it's not going to happen next year. It'll happen when USC and UCLA come in for why the Big Twelve does it right, which is not divisions, and it's the best two, or a Pac twelve for that matter too, and it's the best yep. two teams. The SEC, you can argue both divisions are pretty strong, and so there's good balance there. But in the Big Ten, there is historically no balance between the East and the West. And whichever of Ohio State and Michigan makes it to the championship game is not going to be tested at all because both teams already beat Iowa, and Iowa's in the driver's seat for that. Again, unless they lose to Nebraska, they're in. So Yeah, ridiculous. Um, let's talk about – you want to do the rest of college football, then do the shit show? I mean – yeah, let's do the rest of college football. Okay, I mean, uh, we know what we all want to don't want to talk about, but our Georgia, in the room. Georgia, not impressive, but they won. They're eleven to zero, which is another one of those games. TCU, come back again. What a great fire drill! Fire if, you, drill if you've goal. not seen that, do yourself Pretty a favor impressive. and look it up. I mean, kind of a questionable play call before that to even put themselves in that situation, but they were so calm, cool, and collected down two to pull off that fire drill field goal to win. I saw a great TikTok of a girl who was like POVing herself, you know, getting ready to rush the field for beating the number whatever they are, number four team in the country. And you just see her face like go ghostly white and like, like her jaw drops as TCU makes the field goal to win. It's pretty funny. So good on them. I mean, that's a well-coached, yeah, well-coached, you know, special situation. And, you know, they've got, who do they have this week? Uh, they have one more game, and then they have the Big 12 championship, which will probably be a rematch with Kansas have, State. They win both, they're in. They have Iowa State. All right, now Iowa State's been known to, not to bad, trip people up, but team, still. But it's a home game for um, them. LSU got a win. That's good for them. Um, Clemson hanging by a thread. North yeah. Carolina had a very outside shot. They're out. They yeah, shot they themselves in the foot loss on Georgia Tech. Um South Carolina just bludgeons Tennessee 63 points. And Hendon Hooker towards ACL anyway, so it's probably a good thing that Tennessee's not in. Yep. But still. USC, great win over UCLA. Classic game yep. in the Rose Bowl, 48-45. Yep, they beat Notre Dame and, and then win, and the, then win the Pac-12, which yeah. will probably be against Oregon, right? 
they'll be in, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they'll, have to I think they'll get the fourth spot, and, and if TCU wins out, they'll be the third spot. But there's a lot of stuff to, to go in the next two weeks. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, really wild. And um, you want to – Chris sent me this last week. I'm not quite in time for the pod, and this may have changed the touch because it changes week to week. But you want to talk about teams – for that fourth spot that have a loss or even two losses in, in the pecking order. Um, again, some of this is now moot because some of these teams lost, but going into last week, Tennessee was number three. So what was your argument going to be if Tennessee won out for keeping them out of that fourth spot, right? doesn't matter anymore. They're out. LSU with two losses is number 11. You got to think if they win uh, this week against Texas A&M and then they beat Georgia in the SEC championship, they're going to probably get in, right? Like, And their strength of schedule is number 11. So, yes, they got routed by Tennessee, um, but they've got some big wins in there, and they still have an outside chance. TCU is number 38. Again, they went out, they're in. Georgia's number 44. They went out. Georgia, unless they lose this week to Georgia Tech and lose in the SEC championship game, there's no way they're not in the top four. So they can lose one and still get in. Um, Clemson, number 55, that'll be a little bit diminished playing North Carolina in the ACC championship. They have a very, very outside chance. They need some things to happen. Um, Ohio State's number 60, USC number 65. USC's only losses by one point to a pretty good Utah team. Um, North Carolina was number 75. Obsolete doesn't matter because they're out of it. And Michigan number 82. So, like, if it had come down to those teams and all things remain the same, you would have been really hard-pressed to convince me that Michigan deserved to be in that fourth spot if they don't beat Ohio State this week and win the Big Ten Championship, for sure. But yeah. um, other, I'm trying to think, other big or other games in college football last week. Navy knocked UCF out of a... Uh, yeah, a week after almost coming back against New York's Dame. contention. Um, just kind of, yeah, kind of a crazy week for... Oklahoma like, wrecked Oklahoma no, State. No, like absurd upsets, but just kind of some of those games that were like, huh? Which yeah. leads us to the biggest huh of them all. Michigan State, slow start, gives up a big kickoff return, gives up a phantom touchdown because you can, I've watched the replay several times. He kicked up a chunk of white. He was out of bounds. How the refs still get that wrong with replay is beyond me. Anyway, they, they spot Indiana 7 and then they dominate the rest of the first half. Well, let's fast forward all the way to the end, stats-wise, going into overtime, Dominant. Indiana had seven yards passing. Now, they were running the ball pretty well, but they had seven yards passing. So, like Ryan said about conservative, Michigan State, the, the east upper deck was empty because there was a frozen pipe, and if you were there, you can see why. It was crazy, and the snow was drifting and blowing like crazy up there anyway. Um, but the crowd was decent, considering the weather was so crappy. Student section was pretty full in the bottom. As soon as we made it 24-7 late in the first half, Three-quarters of the student section checked out. A big other chunk of the fans checked out. They figured the game was over, and the team checked out, figuring the game was yep, over. sure did. Indiana, Again. in a series of a couple plays, had a 79-yard touchdown run untouched on a bad decision by a corner for Michigan State. They had, a what, a 90-ish, 90-plus-ish kickoff return for a touchdown Through that a you pick. saw coming after the first one of the game that went 50 yards. They threw a pick in the red zone, so they gave up 17 points right there. They, they okay, claim they were playing to win the game at the end with a touchdown, given what happened at Illinois. They managed the clock better, I'll give them that. But they settled for a field goal that they didn't even get to the middle of the field. They tried it from the left hash, which I would argue a left-footed kicker should have didn't even a better bet from the left hash because then he can kind of pull it a little, or, yeah, pull it a little bit. Um, 
but no. He misses a 22-yard effing field goal to win it and then gets one blocked in overtime a after snap. a bad snap. Again. Michigan State gets bailed out on blocking a kick, and you're like, okay, all right, this is going to happen. We're going to get bowl eligible. We'll be 6-5. and five. Great. Wonderful. Excellent. Crappy the way it ended, but we'll take it. And then Indiana all of a sudden throws a pass down to the three-yard line, so they gain 22 yards on one pass play. Three times the passing yardage they had all game. They score, got to go for two, they get to two. Peyton Thorne proceeds to basically throw into coverage he threw three it. times in a row against Reed. Now, once or twice could have been in, in interference. I understand the, the why we were mad that there was no call, but there was no call. He didn't look anywhere on the field except for to Reed. And the last throw was like an impossible throw. Like a Charles Rogers could have barely made that play in that situation. And Michigan State completely screwed themselves. They now have to go to Penn State where they're like something, probably a 17, 18-point underdog. Penn State's playing great. Penn State's playing for a New Year's Six Bowl game. Michigan State still is without the services of a ton of key defensive players. They're still, they're fighting and they're, you know, I give them credit for the way they're playing defense with the hand that they've been dealt. Peyton Thorne is just not good. Yeah, he made some so some average. better plays last week. He had 298 yards. So you look at his stats, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he had a good game. He had two touchdowns. He had one pick, which was dropped, threw it in a bad spot, whatever. You could kind of blame the, the receiver. I get it. He made some nice throws, minus an overtime when he scrambled nicely and he had Trey Mosley open and, under, and overthrew him, made him dive for it, which you know would have given Michigan State a chance to begin with in the first overtime. Um, just, I... I I'm done. It's it's so <laughs> frustrating. Like it was so cold sitting there, but really made worse by watching that unfold. Like at the end of the day, you don't feel too bad in a really cold or crappy weather game if you have a good performance and you win. Michigan State has underutilized its weapons all year. And that game they had their probably their best rushing game, ground game period in a couple of years. Two guys over 100 yards. Um, the offensive line, which started a redshirt freshman at right guard and started Baldwin, who I think is a redshirt sophomore, right, at left That's tackle. Right. Um, the line looked good. They kept Thorne clean. Um, Indiana really didn't get a whole lot of pass rush, so to speak. You know, they opened up some pretty good holes on the run game. Like, finally some things came together there. And, you know, this kid Dunn who came out of nowhere and all the injuries, you know, had a sequence of plays on defense. Yeah, he played pretty well. Uh, where he stuffed a run play, then he made a great athletic play on a sack, you know, in a spot that was giving Michigan State momentum. But they came out and they ran the dumbest plays again. Um, why they don't get under center on fourth and one and push a quarterback sneak forward, I will never figure out why anybody doesn't do that. You have all the advantage of a legal push from behind. Um, you know, like, the season's not technically over, but like it's over. you have to evaluate. If you don't give a good, okay, some of the position coaches I'm not so worried about. I, I mean, I think Michigan State's got good receivers, and, the you know, like a guy like Keon Coleman has developed nicely. I think the receiving game is fine. I think the running backs are, you know, are doing well. Um, I think... You know, the offensive line, actually, mm-hmm. now that they've got the right guys, they've gotten a little bit better, which is good. Um, Jay Johnson has got go to go. Got to go. Um, Yesterday. Uh, the special teams coach has got to go. Ross Ells. Um, I would say the, you know, Scotty. 
He's got to go. If he but go. probably has to go. I mean, I don't know why. Again, I, lack of depth is the only reason I can think of why they went away from the four three again, especially when Indiana was doing nothing but running. Like didn't run at once. They were game. running. They couldn't pass, and we ran the four three one time that I recall in that game. Um, so Hazelton's probably got to go. I mean, Tucker's got to maybe got to go. He's got to look in the mirror. He's had a lot of injury issues, so I, I cut him a little bit of slack. And, I mean, shit, they gave up 29 yards passing. So, not that they tackle all that well or whatever, but, like, to me it's the coordinators. The offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, all three have got to go. What's the likelihood of that? Less than a 25% no, there's chance. No, there's no less than, a, less than a 5% chance all three get fired. Less than 25% chance two get fired. And I would say I less than a fifty percent chance one gets fired. To be honest, and and that's going to be a real shame because these guys make a lot of money, and they are not performing at their optimal. I mean, Michigan State's play calling is a big culprit for why they lost that game. They Trash. they play called themselves out of it in the second half. Now, yes, Barker dropped on the very first series a wide open third down that would have been an easy first down, and who knows where that goes? And maybe you punch the game out of out of the gate, but how you don't adjust and go to a four three? I mean, like the the continual stupidity on fourth down. It's it's really 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 hard to take. And I know we're not at the previews yet, but like I'm hard pressed to find any way that Michigan State can win this week. I mean, I'm hard pressed to find a way they cover 18, 17, 16 and a half, whatever the spread is that we're gonna end up going on. Like I don't how. I mean, Peyton Thorne is the most average quarterback Michigan Such State has had in so a long mean. time. Like he's Ryan made you made a great a great comparison to Brian Lewerke. Brian Lewerke had an awesome sophomore awesome. year. They went by like ten and two, three. right? Or or ten and three. Had a great he could run the ball. He was, you know, pretty good passer, like good. And Thorne last year could do a little bit of that. You're gonna run the ball. Good, accurate passer, used his weapons well. He's regressed. He doesn't make the simplest of throws. He overcomplicates those simple throws. Yeah, does he make some big plays? Does he and is he smart in terms of maybe checking us in and out of plays? Yeah, okay, I'll give him okay, credit for that, but I don't care if you can check us in and out of plays if you can't make the freaking throws. Like I I think you have to seriously evaluate your coaching staff. You cannot hand throwing the keys next year just because he's going to be a senior. Um, you've got to, if we're going after this guy hard to maybe flip him from Oregon, you got Not Hauser, you you got to give, you got to make it an open quarterbacks competition because if Collins comes back, you got Berger and Collins, your running game is set. You probably, because they weren't on the senior day board, Michigan State's two true seniors on the line minus you're Green and Carrick. You're playing in Samick. Love him or hate him, they're Gonna, they're going to be five-year starters, and they come back. Okay, fine. Baldwin, really good. Vandermark uh, has, Vandermark potential. has Brown potential. Brown's okay. getting better. Like, and the, the receiver weapons. Okay, Reed's gone, but you got Bernard on top of Coleman. Um, you Mosley could, could come back. You got like your only nine seniors declared that they were gone. That doesn't mean some of these guys, you know, that all of the guys that could will come back, leader. but. Like, things have got to change next year, or it's going to be another middling year. And, you know, middling would be one thing if you were 7-5 and five and at least made a, you know, palatable bowl game. But you're looking at 5-7 and seven, um, and a huge disappointment, a huge 
flip from what Ryan and I predicted for the season for sure. But even when when you see it, and with some of the games they lost, Indiana, Maryland, Minnesota, I get losing because Minnesota's a decent team, but, but we didn't team. show up for that game. Like, that's inexcusable. And it should have been easy for Michigan State to get seven wins this year. It should have been easy. You want to lay up. And, and it's not. It's crazy. Ryan, I took it's a lot just, of that time there, so you go. Yeah, uh, real quick, bright spots from that game, the run game. Berger, the last four weeks, has been phenomenal. He finally looks really comfortable. He's seeing holes. He's hitting them hard. You know, he's, 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 he's running, he's power running. He's juking people out. He looks really good. I'm, I'm Doesn't have breakaway speed? But no, okay. but he's, he's quick. Right. He, he's, he knows what he's doing. He looks very confident, mm-hmm. which is, which is great. Yep. Which is fantastic. Avery Dunn comes out of nowhere. Great. Brandon Baldwin, Gino Vandermark. I love to see those guys in there playing and getting some good run. I love it. I, I do love that Mangum and, and Spencer, those young guys, are getting in there. Those, those are the only bright spots to me. Um, Peyton Thorne, most mid-quarterback I've ever seen. Again, Chris, you were exactly right. You, you asked us, who's the player that played well last year that had to prove themselves? And you said... Unequivocally, Thorn, and you were exactly he's right. He's not good. I mean, he, he, so average. He'll make some throws. You're like, well, that's that's an NFL throw. Then he'll just make the most dumbass mistake. He just doesn't go through his progressions. He doesn't step into his passes. He, he'll. I feel like he checks out of good plays. He when he should hand it off on an option, he keeps it and gets set tackled. When he should keep it, he hands it off. It's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Make stupid throws. Uh, I just don't... I, Go play for Daddy awful. at Western next Go, year. Seriously, it needs to be an open quarterback competition. You just say, you know what, Peyton, I, I, I get it. He's the bridge. He's not... Mel Tucker has no allegiance to this guy. He did not recruit him. Yeah, he's been the starter for two years, but... Earned it, did a great job last year. I mean, we got to 11-2. and two. A lot of that, was obviously, K-9. But, you know, kudos because PT used... You, you know, he used that to his advantage, but... I hate to admit it. I didn't want to admit it then, but we saw in the Peach Bowl the Peyton Thorn that we have now. Yeah, the guy it's the that, same one. The guy that can still like rise up and make a throw. You're like, wow, how? Like how what? How? Yeah. How? Like he did at the end of the that game when we came back and beat Pitt. But for three quarters of that game, he was dog shit. And for three quarters of this season, he's been dog shit. So, really ball don't lie. You know, <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm sorry, PT. Great on you for one great season, but. Like this regression is this is a major regression for a guy that was he, he could went, have been one of the best starting quarterbacks in he the He went conference. from, you know, looking like a potential mix of Connor Cook and Kirk Cousins and Lewerke with the legs to Tyler O'Connor two point mm-hmm. just garbage. Andrew Maxwell two point Yes. Just not good. It's it's sad, but it's true. Jaden Reed I, here's okay. This this is nothing new with him, but it does because I feel like he did commanding the ball the other day. It looked like he'd rather be anywhere else. He didn't look aggressive or anything when he get the ball. Jay Johnson has got to go. Someone show him the door. Should have been gone yesterday. This guy's trash. He's a low rent garbage offensive coordinator. Would he be employed by anywhere else in the Big Ten? No. Freaking Minnesota fired him after one season. When he was there, he's awful. He wouldn't be at Rutgers. No, he is horrible at his job. You, you know, occasionally have a few. Look at how Indiana schemed with a third-string quarterback, and after firing their offensive coordinator, I think earlier in the season. Yep. I mean, like you can't come up with something different. No, you can't he mix it up. He he goes on this stupid play sheet. 
if I see... Well, and as soon as we run one running play that works, we run it until it doesn't work. We don't ever change it up. There's no, no counters. There's no... It's like, it's always the same doing the, That's thing. doing the correct thing. He's This guy sucks. Fourth and one, let's run a slow developing run play behind a line that's iffy. At best, great, great idea. Okay, in space, but not great idea, a Jay. Grinder. Like really good. Again, why not get your quarterback under center and put? I mean, for that matter, put Barker behind him and just shove him. Who cares if you break him? Shove him to a first down. Like I mean, all you need is a little bit of a submarine dive and for PT to pick the right hole. And that like the quarterback sneak works nine times out of ten. And and compared to the plays Michigan State typically runs on fourth down, which work about three times out of ten. Yeah, not even. Uh, special teams, I, I can't. This guy Ross L should have been gone after last year. Last year, our special teams aside. How from you Barrett, can't have a kicker? A mess. The fact that you don't have a guy that can make 40, 40 yards an inch should be automatic in college. It should be. And this guy can't even make a twenty-two yard effing field goal. This is ridiculous. This is we had Coglin. I would have. Lo- I'd love to have his sixty percent ass instead of our two out of fifteen from four. Well, you yards. have. Uh, granted, our long snapper's been hurt since early in the season, so clearly he's well, out for the season. Wasn't his fault on the missing a twenty-two yard no, but field goal. but then in overtime, another bad oh, snap yeah. appears, and like that's that. I'm sorry, you can say as coaches that's execution. Execution comes down to how your guys are coached. So Prepared. you can blame your players all you want. I get it. You Awful. don't miss kicks. You don't miss. You don't miss snap tackles, bad snaps. But, but you coach the guys. It's your fault. Bad special teams coverage again. Um, it's happened time and time again. We've had so many penalties on special teams the last two, two or three years. It's ridiculous. Defensively, yeah, we're hurt, but still. Why are we not stacking the box? They threw the ball. They completed two freaking passes. Make them beat you through the air. I do not get that. I mean, make them beat you through the air. I don't understand that. Like, they they had Henderson playing nickelback instead of safety, partially because he's a good tackler, and they knew they weren't going to pass, so stack the box and make them beat you through the air. That's the right thing to do. We don't do the right things. Here's the thing. If if Mel Tucker, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say this. This was John L. Smith esque. What what went down this weekend? It was a whole bunch of screwed up. Yep. Twenty four to seven at half against a team that has lost seven games in a row. They're on their third string quarterback. You're trying to get to a bowl game on Senior Day, and you shit the bed. Thirty two. This to is seven John L. Half. Smith two point oh. Mm. It's the same thing. Blew it. Blew it. Blew it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the excuses. Well, we just didn't. Yeah, no, Mel. No shit. You didn't execute. And this is you, falls at your feet because you're the damn coach of this team. This has happened time and time again. We got away with it last year because we just we had good enough weapons. Could cover up sins with K-9 and, and Reed was special because of that. I mean, he's a great receiver, but K-9 made him better because he had, could have single coverage all the time and people had to be aware of him. It's ridiculous. It's it's oh, it's so it's so maddening. If this guy, if he's serious about turning this program around and getting it back to where Antonio had it from basically ten to fifteen and being a Big Ten contender every year, playing meaningful games at the end of the season, trying to get to a Rose Bowl, trying to get to a college football playoff. If he's serious, these three coordinators of 
offense, special teams, and defense need to be gone, or else he's not serious about it. But I don't know if he it's, – it's like Mark. He wouldn't get rid of his, his buddies at the end when he should have. I don't think Mel has it in him. I think he might have it in him to get rid of one or say – that's why I said 50% well, maybe chance one. one goes. Maybe one, but that's it. I don't think he has the balls. I don't think that he's – if he's serious, he's going to do that because otherwise it's going to – next year is going to be 6-6, six and six, and then you're like uh, – he's on the hot seat. Then if that the next year sucks, he's gone, and so you're out $95 million. And I'm not even worried about that. It's like, then you're set back for all this time, right? Because then all the guys – all the, the, all the supposed good recruits he gets get transfer, you know, transferred, so whatever. Right, we could go on a whole podcast about Phenomenal this, so let's move just to... Beautifully let's, terrible. Let's move to second All right, down. second down. Uh, week 13 preview. Um, let's just get right into it. Uh, Nebraska versus Iowa. Uh, Iowa, 10.5 point favorite at home. Big 10, West title on the line. Um, I'm going to say that they cover it. I think that Nebraska is just beaten down at this point, and Iowa has a lot to play for. Their defense is going to fly all over the place create some turnovers, really short fields for some field goals, and maybe a quarterback sneak touchdown. Nebraska plays Iowa tough traditionally, even at Iowa. It's a Friday game, I think. You know, it's, yeah, it's always one Black of those Friday. Thanksgiving weekend Black Friday games. Um, look, I mean, Iowa just doesn't give up points. Nebraska doesn't score points. Iowa's – we talk about it every podcast. They, they gave up three – they gave up 10, they gave up 0, they gave up 10, they gave up 27, they gave up 9, they gave up 54 to Ohio State, they gave up 13, 3, 10, and 10 the last couple weeks. I don't know that they can score 20 points to win this game by 10 and a half. Is that what the spread did you say it was? 10 and a half. I think this is like a 13 to 3 type of game. I don't think, I don't think Iowa covers, but I do think that they win. All right, we're differing. Um, Rutgers, Maryland. Uh, Rutgers is a 14 and a half point dog. This is at Maryland. Battle of the East Coasters. Maryland. This is all about bowl positioning for Maryland. I mean, it's a chance to get a seventh win, finally win in November because they're 0 and 3 in November. I think Maryland's going to win, but I don't think they're going to What's the, what's 14 the? and a half. Yeah, I, I don't think they can. Fourteen and a half. Rutgers season is over. Oh, boy, but Rutgers, man, they they can't really score. Maryland can score. I think Maryland's going to cover that. I think Maryland's going to run them. All right, Illinois Northwestern. Oh, oh my gosh, I don't even care what the spread is. Illinois is going to cover thirteen and a half. Illinois will cover that. All right, I have the same thing. Um, all right, Wisconsin Minnesota straight up at Wisconsin. Um, for Paul Bunyan's axe. Wisconsin's tough at home this year. I mean, they've, let's see, let's look at their, so they're one, they lost to Washington State at home, so they're one and one, two and one, two and two, after the Illinois game at home where they got embarrassed and then fired their coach. I mean, the last couple home games, they beat Purdue, they beat Maryland, um, they went on the road and, and laid an egg at Iowa, and then they barely beat Nebraska. I See, I think Minnesota's a better team than Wisconsin. But it's senior day. Neither team has anything to play for at this point in time in terms of the Big Ten West championship anyway. I'm just going to go with Wisconsin because I picked them at the beginning of the season to win this, but it would not surprise me to see Minnesota win. 
Yeah, I'm going with the same thing. I said Wisconsin. Um, I think that they end up. I mean, it definitely enhances the Minnesota's game. bowl positioning if they win because that would give them eight wins. Yeah, I think Wisconsin wins a close one. Uh, Indiana versus Purdue. Where's it's at Purdue? It's or, at Indiana. Uh, Indiana. Um, Purdue has not really. No, I mean, minus see, Illinois, they haven't played all that no, well lately. That's what I, I think. Il, I think they win like twenty four fourteen. What's the spread? Ten and, or eleven and a half. I think it's like twenty four fourteen Purdue. I, I just Purdue hasn't proved it. I mean, since. Indiana's a little juiced because they finally broke the skid. It's last a rivalry week. game. You know they they haven't. I think Purdue's won like five in a row. Indiana had lost seven in a row until they won a double overtime at Michigan State. Oh boy, I'll take Purdue to cover. Right. Why not? Go for the gusto. I haven't won any bets in a long time, so yeah, exactly. Just try it here. I think I have like a four game lead on you anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. So. More, probably more. Uh, there we go. The game, uh, Michigan, Ohio State. We're going straight up because this is two versus three, folks. Um, Michigan. I I don't know if Corum's going to play. I'm guessing he's going to. I don't see why he wouldn't. Bruce knee played one play in the second half. Didn't look good. Who knows? You know, I mean, Ryan, you missed some games of the bruised knee from basketball. Yeah, it's not it's, a good feeling. It's not a good feeling, and you're no. a running back. I'll tell you this: if Corum doesn't play. Michigan doesn't stand a chance because they if they, they can't can wear him down with them doing that. Yeah, um, I mean he's 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 a great running back and he'll he's a difference maker. Even if if he's seventy five percent, he's a difference maker. We're going straight up. Ohio State wins this. I think close. Ohio State. I think it's going to be a close game anyway. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Michigan covers the seven and a half or so. To be honest, I think you know earlier in the season we were all hoping Ohio State would absolutely destroy them, but Ohio State's dinged up a little bit too. So. Um, I just think the revenge factor is there. Um, funny how I saw, you know, some quote from Harbaugh today about, oh, yeah, we're not going to spew hate and we're not going to say anything. Oh, but you will against Michigan State, but you won't against Ohio State because you know you stole one last year and they'll smoke your ass. So no, they're still pissed. Um, it's easy for you to spew hate against Michigan State when you were supposed to beat us this year. Ohio State's still pissed. <clears throat> Ohio State will win that game. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they will. Uh, Michigan State, Penn State. For the greatest trophy in Penn college State, football. Penn State will cover 18 and a the half. spread, and it will mean Michigan State goes from, I believe, having every trophy, Except for minus the, Notre Dame, yep, to, none of to them. having none of them. The Spittoon, Paul, Land Grant, megaphone. and the Megaphone all will be out of our possession this year after a year after having those, minus the Megaphone, which Notre Dame completely Dame's agree. Had. I think Penn State wins this thing going away. Penn State's playing for a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, Michigan State. It's going to be ugly. And they just. Penn State's can. Uh, Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, 200 yards rushing. Yeah, I, easily. James Franklin can't beat typically Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State. This is a chance to shut up his critics a little bit by beating a bad Michigan State team. That's how I look at it. Yep. USC, Notre Dame. USC wins this. Probably. I mean, they're in. Is it at you? It's at the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If it's the last game of the year, it's at you. I'm going with the Trojans. I'm rooting for them because I want them to make the playoff. Because just because. Yeah, it'll be. Good. I think it'll be a good game. It's good all, for the it's Big a, Ten. It's a good rivalry game. I think that's a Saturday night. Yep, seven thirty ABC. Seven thirty ABC game. Uh, I think USC will win that game. Yep, I agree. And then it would not surprise me to see the Pac-12 pull a tw- Pac-12 and have USC losing the Pac-12 championship game. That's but true. Boys of that next week. Uh, two NFL games. Lions Bills. Uh, we'll get to that 
the Lions here in a minute, but three-game win streak, Bills staying in Detroit. I think they win this thing. I think it'll be close-ish, 10 points or under, but I think the Bills are just better. Yeah, Bills are better than the Lions. They're Bills are better. It's, it's pretty plain and simple. The last one, Bengals versus Titans, big game in the AFC. Is that um, Thursday night? Uh, or is that a Sunday? No, it's on Sunday. Um, I'm going with the with the the Bengals. Bengals have been playing well lately. Um, Titans had a nice win at Green Bay on Thursday, yes. so they've had some time off. But, yeah, I'll go with the Bengals on that too. All right, that's week 13. All right, before we get to third down, Quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right. Now let's get to third down, which is where we really want to talk anyway because it's basketball season. We have a game on right now, which Richmond was – down sixteen to two and early, early and they're up one on Syracuse yep. late. The Maui is weak. Maui is back in Maui for the first time since twenty nineteen. You got the battle for the Atlantis. I mean, there's like hoops galore this week. Yep. And so never mind what's going on this week. They got the PK that Michigan State's in. How about the week that Michigan State had last week, Ryan? So beautiful. Getting zero love on Tuesday night prior to the Kentucky game. Zero love. It was all about Sheedway coming back. No, justifiably so. That dude's really good. Um, it was probably kind of seen as an aberration that Michigan State lost by one to Gonzaga. Oh, you know, that was kind of maybe they got a little bit lucky. Not one stitch of positivity in the promos going into that game from ESPN. During the game, not even when Michigan State would not let Kentucky go out on more. I think Kentucky was up seven at one point. Never let it get away, even when they were behind. Chipped and clawed, scrapped and clawed, and showed me something for the rest of the season. A no matter how the next couple weeks ago go, showed me a togetherness of a team that I have not seen since the COVID-shortened season in 2020. Like that type of team. As talented, maybe not, no. because we don't have a big man that's quite like Xavier to go with a point guard that's quite like Cassius. But Michigan State's got a lot of guys that can come up big. And in that game, they, my favorite whipping boy, Joey Hauser, made big shot after Dynamite. big shot. After he absolutely laid an egg on the ship out in San Diego, he played fantastic. Malik Hall played really well. Tyson Walker made big plays. A.J. Hogard was garbage in that game. But still, you know, made a couple of decent plays. And we'll get to how he was then on Friday. Um, you know, Aikens, you can see that he makes a difference. And you got to just give it to Matty. I mean, we talked about it after Phenomenal. the Gonzaga game. He did it again against, you know, so the two best bigs in college basketball, Sheedway and Timmy. And he battled them toe for toe. And, I mean, he sealed the deal for Michigan State in the second overtime. He made good rebounds. He almost had a double-double. I think he was like 16-9 and nine that game. Um, you know, you could see, like, Kentucky is supremely talented. Kentucky, no question, more talented than Michigan State. But the togetherness of that Michigan State team is going to carry them a long way. And that out-of-bounds play in overtime, Phenomenal. to put it in second that overtime, coach. was unbelievable. Like, you, you can't draw up a better baseline out-of-bounds play than that. I mean, that special teams play was special and People were talking about it left and right. Izzo out coached 
a guy who routinely out-recruits him with guys who play defense. My buddies and I were talking about on Tech. This is the first year in a while that I am not like sitting there going, okay, our offense is, is great, but our defense sucks or vice versa. Like This team can score when they need to. They get a little bogged down in the half court. Yeah, I'll say I mean, that, every team does. It'll happen more so in the Big Ten where everybody knows each other. I, I, I understand that, and it happens. So. But they got enough guys that can score and a couple guys that want the ball in their hands at the end of the game and that I feel okay on offense. Weapon. But the defense is what changes things for me because even if, you know, Kohler, who made huge strides between Gonzaga and Kentucky with just a few minutes he came in and, and made a couple plays – um, if he can give you some time, and even if Cooper can give you a minute or two here or there just to give a give a guy a blow or keep guys out of foul trouble, I mean, like Michigan State has some options to play good defense in that game. Sure um, do. With great guards as well. So With no rim protection, nonetheless, honestly. And then, you know, I'll, I'll kind of throw my Villanova comments in there and I'll let Ryan talk about both games. And then you go to the Villanova game, which was only disappointing in the fact that they blew the lead, which is very Michigan State. Oh, it was very, very Michigan State of us, but like also credit to Villanova, right? Like Izzo said, that's the physically toughest team we'll play. They're bigs. That's the kind of team Dickinson's a nice That's player. the kind of team that whose bigs are gonna give Michigan State problem. Not a Dickinson. Not guys not like Edie even and Edie because he's huge, but like those like traditional bigs, they don't scare me because we we can defend them. I, I'm not it's worried about it. We got guards that can dig bit. down. It's the guys that are a little bit too athletic that can they're strong and they can kind of bull by you and they can put the ball on the floor as a stretch four. They can shoot, they can play back to the basket. They're a little bit quicker. Those are the teams that scare me. Fortunately, there's not a whole lot of teams like that in the Big Ten uh, when it comes to Big Ten play, but so. Hats off to Villanova for coming back. But, again, Michigan State, like, A.J. Hogard almost had a triple-double until he puked on his shoes late with some stupid turnovers after he hadn't been doing it. Tyson Walker wanted the ball when it mattered. Um, Would have been nice if he would have made the free throw to make it a three-point lead instead of make us sweat it out, but whatever. Maddie was a bit of a no-show, but, you know, again, matchup-wise, not his game. Joe's got to shoot the ball more. He only shot once in the second half after having an electric first half, but he wasn't a liability. Malik's got to stay out of foul trouble. He's been playing really well. He played really um, well. Aikens, we hope, you know, his foot, they x-rayed it. It was his Negative bad Negative x-rays, that that's good. He's not practicing, but he's. I think it's going to be okay. So he, we saw him, that thunderous oh, left-hand tomahawk. That was like reminiscent of... Of Sterell Summers meets Mo Ager meets Shannon Brown type of dunk, like Mo Pete. The last time I saw a left-handed dunk at that particular hoop in a key juncture of a game, I was there with B Love in Michigan State's national championship season when Mo Pete did that against um, Ohio State's supreme shot blocker, whose name escapes me at this point in time. But like, just threw it down in that the roof blew off the place. And it sounds like from Ryan's account because he was there, blew off there. So yeah, it was. Hey, look, in a in a one week stretch to go play in a boat in San Diego to play a Kentucky team nobody gave you a chance for who was ranked number four. So you played two, you played four, and you played Villanova who wasn't ranked when we finally played them. But a senior laden team that a team that is been there is gonna it be went to the final good. four last yeah, year. Yeah, final four team from last year to go two and one against those teams, wow. and you could have easily gone three and zero. Oh. Wow, that's like we are ahead of schedule, and I'm really, really happy. Now, I don't. This week remains to be seen. Like three games back to back to back, how does Ed Nakins hold up? How does Michigan State's not being as deep hold up? I don't. 
I don't expect much this week. Hopefully two and one. Um, but hey, look, we're ahead of schedule in terms. Yeah, as far as Any, I'm concerned. I, I, if you were to tell me we'd be three and one after four, we've been ecstatic. That's where we're at. Um, great. Yeah, Joey. You just you can just tell he's got that confidence with his jump shot. He's moving different. Same with Tyson. This, this these versions of these guys. If this is what keeps showing up, this is a team that can contend for a Big Ten title. A team that can contend for a top four seed in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah, they're going to take some losses, but. This is the toughest schedule in America. This team could lose 10 games and still get a 4 or 5 seed. That's how damn good this schedule is and how tough and good this team is and with the wins that they're going to end up getting. Um, we'll take their take their lumps. The Big Ten, six teams ranked now. No one was giving the Big Ten a chance going into the season. Two ranked teams, six now. And one of them dropped out, Michigan. Yeah. See, it, it is, and Ohio State's getting votes. They're 27th. So there, there's eight teams right there that – are on the cusp of being ranked or being ranked. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, super happy with how Michigan State's played, um, you know, thus far. This week will be very telling. We'll see what happens. I think Bama's a interesting matchup for them. Hopefully they can get the dub, but love love what I've seen so far. Hopefully it continues. Izzo's rejuvenated, as we've said. Monty's rejuvenated. This is it has been great. It's been great. Aikens, I think, played the best, uh, you know, Game he's played in the missions at uniform, both sides of the ball, played great defense, you know, moved the ball well, rebounded well, scored, showed a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Lutt would like to see more of that out of him. Um, and just college basketball in general, North Carolina's kind of struggled thus far. Um, Gonzaga got their ass whipped at Texas and then, then they smoked absolutely Kentucky. smoked Kentucky. Smoked them. Um, this wide college basketball is the best. Like Baylor was really good. They lost to Virginia, and then I think they beat UCLA. Yep, and yeah, Virginia. Illinois looked really Illinois good, looked against, really good. Uh, against UCLA. Terrence Shannon really good. But then Virginia beat. And then Virginia Illinois. won yesterday. That was that was an awesome game. Uh, but Illinois, they look they they have players. I just don't know if they mesh really well together. It's just I don't know if Underwood's a great coach. Indiana, nice win over Xavier on the road. Um, credit to them for going there. Um, they look like a good squad. Um, Ohio State's looking good. The Sensaball kid, I, I'm telling you, he's going to be Malachi Branham 2.0 for him. Michigan all talking here. shit after they beat a oh, yeah. mediocre Hunter Dickinson, team. oh yeah, we're going to beat uh, we're going to beat Arizona State by 20, and then they lo- they're down 35 in the second half. And, and we almost have a Wisconsin punk. 2.0 situation because. Howard, of course, thugs. is pressing with down 35 with a minute to go instead of, you know, he's pulling a Shiano um, instead of just taking his bag. pill. And then he gets, you know, takes exception in the handshake line to something that was said and whatever. It's like, you know what, dude, shut up. You and Harbaugh, go away. You, you, you're you just the biggest babies in the world. He and is. then they should have probably should lost, have lost Ohio. Ohio. Off one of the craziest Crazy. plays you'll ever see. I mean, that was ridiculous. <laughs> the the Off the glass. Do yourself a favor and look. Look oh. for that one. Uh, you can't. You wouldn't. You couldn't draw that up to happen again. That was that was pretty to awesome. To put it, put that game in overtime. Ohio had no business. You, you know who's overtime. my surprise team so far is Maryland. I I thought they wouldn't be good. Yeah, Maryland has looked. They nice. looked really good so far. Hey, they're well coached, right? They got Willard. He's a good coach. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll they'll lose in the first round of the tournament if they make it. But well, they don't have Turtle Boy Turgeon as coach anymore. True, so but maybe. Willard always loses early. He did, did that shot. at Seton Hall. Um, and we got Houston's playing well. I think they're they're one of the best teams in my opinion. They're they're a nice squad. Texas A and M. They went to Myrtle Texas Beach and you know, ranked. Really 
uh, went one and two out of the rankings. Texas, yeah, I like I like Chris Beard. I'm a fan. He's of a great them. coach, and man, they they play tough. I'm that that place was electric against New Gonzaga. Arena. Beautiful. They got schooled in Spokane last year, and they absolutely trounced Gonzaga the other night. Cost me a ten game parlay. Maui today, Creighton, big win over Texas Tech. Pulled away late. Arkansas smoked Louisville. Louisville's a dumpster fire. They're so bad. They're in a major. Oh and four. Arkansas had eight possessions. Like a playground dunk. Eight contest. possessions in a row with a dunk. Finished with a dunk. That's pretty phenomenal. That's disheartening. Uh, at least you're in yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, I guess. that's about at least the only bright side. That's that's about all they have going for them right now. I, what anything else? I mean, nothing. No, we'll crazy. get more and more into hoops starting next week. I would say. I mean, because Big, Big Ten, uh, you got the ACC Big Ten next week, and yeah, then the we got to uh, pick our teams for the college, season. Then Michigan State's got their first uh, conference game a week from uh, two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, and it's Northwest coming up quick. Penn State's been surprisingly decent as well. Um, mm-hmm. Pickett, Lundy. This Andrew Iowa Folk looked good the other night. I was good. Hall. Yeah, they, I forgot about them. Smoke Seton Hall. Big Ten Murray that, 2.0 is just as good as maybe Murray 1.0. Yeah, so. that's what they thought. Uh, the Big Ten won the Gavit games. Saw Michigan State had the highest. Michigan State Indiana had the those two games had the highest viewership of any games ever in the Gavit games, and Michigan State was the higher one. Um, so that's cool. Ohio State's look good. Nebraska's awful. Um, Minnesota's not good. Minnesota's just Northwestern's very average. Purdue's looked okay. They're playing, you know, they beat Marquette, came back. Um, I'm trying to think who else in the Big Ten. Rutgers, I think they lost. Who they lose to? Temple. Oh, they lost to Temple. Lost to Temple. Who beat Villanova? Yeah, but they're, they're so Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, they are very Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know. Kind of an early season team that does that. But. We shall see. We're very, very, very early, and Feast Week is just getting started. Have that TV on. Hoops will be running all day. It started today through basically Sunday. So, which which moves us to the scramble. Which I'm going to start with a question: Is this the best sports week of them all? Now I know you have March Madness, and so non March Madness it could be minus that. We'll say except for opening week of March Madness. Is this the best sports week of them all? You've got now three Thanksgiving NFL games. You've got feast week, so you've got basketball tournaments from running from today through Sunday. You've got, you know, a lot of, like, your part two of rivalry week for college football. Um, You know, and it's conference clashes coming to a close to determine who's going to be alive in the playoffs and stuff. Is Is there a better... Sports week. Aside from March Madness, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think this is. This I think is this is there. the pinnacle of sports weeks. Um, great. From Monday to Sunday, in in a time frame, there's there's not a better week. Minus really sort of March Madness. Really good. Uh, NFL Packers stink. Lions first three. The Lions were the only team in the NFC North to win this week. First three game win streak since 2017. Delicious. Yeah, the Vikings. Holy cow! They got absolutely curbed. Prime time Kirk. That. You, I somebody at work was saying that too. I, you can't blame that on him. Here's the thing: Parsons is like unparalleled as a defender, and Minnesota could not keep him off of Cousins. And hey, look, Dallas blew a 14 point fourth quarter lead for the first time in 196 games last week against Green Bay. Maybe had they won that game, this would have been a different story. They just blitzed him, and sometimes you just get blitzed out of the gate. Sometimes you're just like, you know what? 
That ain't our day. It, I, it happens in basketball. It happens in tennis. It happens like in every sport, and that happened. The good news is in the NFL, it doesn't really hurt them. They're the two seeds still pretty solidly anyway at this point in time. You know, Philly barely beat the Colts to maintain, you know, a one-loss record. Um, yeah. So I, I think the NFC is a mess, though, because your fourth seed is Tampa at 5-5, five and five, and then the Lions have crept back in, first three-game winning streak since 2017. They're, the they're actually in the graphic for having a playoff chance. That's not going to last for very long. But well, you know what? Here's, here's a hodgepodge that I, or a scramble that I missed in, the, in our first section. Saturday was the first time in the Big Ten has had four conference games with neither team reaching 20 points since October 26th of 1963. Nice. That was crazy. That is crazy. What else in the NFL? Uh, the, the Chiefs come back, win again. Kelsey, unbelievable. Three, three touchdowns again? Yeah, he's a... One of these weeks I'm going to get smart and not bet anybody else for the Chiefs to be an anytime touchdown score and just... Call for him to have two plus because the odds yeah, are you know the odds aren't great although his odds are going to be he's really good I mean, he's special the Raiders finally won Raiders finally won in overtime the, the awful Broncos oh yeah so it's, bad. they're they are bad um let's so see bad JMO is coming back for the Lions practice today not going to play this week but targeting uh, against Jacksonville that'd be pretty cool see him out there Patrick Patrick Reed's lawsuit was tossed out I no surprise um. Yeah, defamation lawsuit for a ridiculous amount of money. No, Patrick, you caused the defamation yourself by being an ass bag. Um, all right, so I got another one for you. I know you may have your hot seats and so on and so forth, but um, bowl debate. So we kind of talked about this a little bit. I brought this up with my friends. So I saw an article today that said, don't fret, Michigan State fans. Just because you absolutely choked on applesauce against Indiana and blew your sixth win that would have guaranteed bowl eligibility, there's still a good chance you're going to make a bowl game. So, of course, I you know that's a, a long summation of what the headline said. The headline was much shorter than that. So I'm like, all right, I'm intrigued. I'll read it. Now, we've talked a lot on this podcast off and on about how there's too many freaking bowl games. There are 41 so bowl games, meaning there have to be 82 teams that are six wins or more to qualify, right? Here's the problem. There are currently nine teams or nine spots left. So there are short nine six-win teams. This weekend, there's one one game that's I think two six or two five and six teams playing each other. It's a Mac like Miami against somebody in the Mac. One of them's guaranteed to get six. Okay, so that's still gonna leave eight. Now there are about eight teams, Michigan State included, that are currently five and six that could win this week to get to six and six. But in all eight of those games, all eight of those teams are pretty significant underdogs. We're talking like Georgia Tech against Georgia, Michigan State against Penn State, Auburn against Alabama, and there's some other ones in there. So there's a very good chance they're predicting that probably somewhere in the neighborhood of six maybe as good as only five, five and seven teams are going to make bowl games this year. And if 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 only four, five, and seven teams make bowl games, guess who's going to be one of them? Michigan State, because Michigan State's APR is number four out of all the teams that would be eligible for that, Crazy. meaning it comes down to academics. So the debate I was having with my buddies is, and I wasn't saying that they, you know, gladly accept it, but the debate is, 
should you accept it or turn it down? And I'd say whether you should or shouldn't, it's 15 extra practices for your young guys. I don't care what the optics look like because any game out of the New Year's New Year's Six is really, quite frankly, crap anyway, minus maybe like the Citrus Bowl and maybe like the Outback Bowl and maybe, you know, one or two others like that. Like there, in my mind, there are about eight to ten good bowl games and the rest of them may as well not even be played, to be completely you honest. You my, my honest So, opinion. yeah, what's your honest opinion? I equate this to training a puppy and have, urinating in the house and giving it a treat. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Look, I'm not disagreeing that it, it looks like piss on the carpet. I, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree Stupid. with that. But how do you, as Michigan State, say no when you know you need the practice? When you know you need, like, that could help you. Like, well, I get, here's, help. The, here's the solution. ESPN, quit freaking coming up with new bowl games. Why do 82 of 132 Division One teams need to qualify for a bowl? Here's my new rule. If you're not 7-5, and five, you're not going to a bowl game. And if that means that we have to have like a, you know, like, I'm sorry, Bulls 35 through 41, but the 9,000 people that we're going to go to each of your games, you're just going to have to eat their tickets, and they're not going to, like, cancel those games. Like, get to a point where either you don't have as many bowl games or you can retract bowl games, because if teams aren't with a winning record, I would argue not even 6-6. Six and six. Like, back in the day, okay, when m- most teams played 11, some teams played 12, okay, fine, 6-6, six and six, I can kind of, but, like, no, no. Have less bowls and have only teams with winning records qualify. Period, and then be able to retract a couple of the the, the, the dog piss, as Ryan would say, games, so that you don't have a problem with teams with losing records making games. That's like a it's a bigger issue to me than whether or not to take it. Hey, Rutgers, theirs was a COVID situation, but they played last year five and seven or something like that, a bowl game. Um, yeah. I don't think it looks good, but I think that's more of a failure of the system than it's a failure of a program or a school. Well, they played last year because um, it was COVID. Yeah, it was COVID. It wasn't – but still, they were 5-7, and seven, right? Like, I mean – and when you have legit – as many as eight, five, and seven teams could make bowl games this year, that's a problem. Yeah. I can that's a problem. And, and that's not a Michigan State problem. That's an NCAA – that's a college football. That's an ESPN because they own the majority of the Bulls. It's a their problem. That's that's the bigger problem. So I completely agree. I don't know. Um, did you have any butt burners or anything like that for this? Yeah, week? I did. Um, butt burners. Zach Wilson. He's about to get benched. They stayed two yards of offense. Stick to the milfs. in the second half. Jeez. Two yards. Point zero zero four yards per play, <laughs> or something like that. Loss of punt return. It's hilarious. Todd Downing, defense or offensive coordinator of the Titans, they win Thursday night, gets arrested when they get back for a DUI. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. John Calpari, uh, this guy's a clown. He can't can recruit, coach. but he can't coach. Apparently, I mean, th- there's a really good article on the Athletic, um, which you're getting rid of, but I'm reading it until it's over because um, that's I, some of the article is actually good, and it was Kyle Tucker used to write, I think, for Michigan State a little bit. Wrote a really good article about about Calipari and not had about him and his excuses and it's a wreck. Um, he's uh, Oscar Sheewade made it, Yeah, we don't run what he tells us to run. What? Yeah, that's a problem. 
Okay. That's Can you imagine that at Michigan State? Oh, dear God. Oh, my gosh. That would not fly. Uh, stock up. Virginia basketball. They're back. Uh, last year, they were not good. They lost in the first round during COVID, and then they, obviously, 2020, there wasn't a tournament. They won the national championship the year before that. They look really good. Tony Bennett's got the squad looking really good. Love to see that because I'm a fan of them. Um, I, I like the way they play. It's kind of boring, but he co- he's a really good coach, and they play really hard. Uh, Rory and John Rahm. Uh, these guys, I think Rom won the tournament. Rory ended up winning like the DP Euro, whatever, like the the FedEx Cup version for that. Um, phenomenal, um, two of the biggest names in golf, and they were going at live again. Um, I love that. Um, super happy for them. Hoping next year will be a big year for both of them. Hopefully, get a major um, out of both of them. Would love that. Um, then. Another one, last one, stock up. Brent Key, uh, interim coach for Georgia Tech. Really hard place to win. He's 4-3 and three as the, uh, as the uh, interim. Um, phenomenal um, after what they kind of gone through the last few years. Hopefully he gets a look at the job. I doubt he will, but good for him. It's awesome. Um, yeah, Spenson won the RSM the last – we got a week off, then they got two more tournaments, and then the – Christmas break, then they start the real, the, the Hawaii, Hawaii Kapalua, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got in that section. I guess we'll go sprint. Uh, all right. You ready? Yep. Uh, will you watch any of the World Cup? No. I agree. I will not. I don't like soccer. It's boring, and I don't care. I checked at one point today, I will say, just to see if the U.S. was choking against Wales, and just happened to, like, the feed came up on my phone, so the, like, the video came up on my phone. I was just intending to check the score, and I saw Pulisic or whatever, the U.S. is supposed to the best player that I see in the promos, you know, go down in typical soccer player style, and his team is needing him, and he's just like laying there. And I watched it to watch him lay there and fake an injury to finally get up. Like you weren't getting the call, dude. That's why I can't take soccer seriously. So sorry for the soccer fans out there. Uh, uh-uh, I ain't watching it. No, me either. Um, we had this. I, I brought this question up to you the other day, but we let's do it on here because I can get a definitive answer. What do you think you would shoot if if a if a professional golfer hit all of your tee shots? Well, I still can't hit enough greens in regulation. No. But I mean, I I think I could break eighty probably more often. I probably would still shoot low. I mean, I I've dr- driven the ball pretty well the last couple of years. I just my approach game is all over the place. So if it was the other way around, I would say I could shoot in the seventies all the time if they were hitting my approach shots. Um, cause I'd be okay with yeah. my putting and I would be fine with my driving, but you know, driving, we'll say I, I would routinely shoot like 80 to 82. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I'd probably say low eighties consistent. I mean, cause they're going to bomb it, right? Like my good drives like with the wind downhill might go like 275 in that situation. There's going to go like close to driving a lot of the greens that we play. So uh, it's probably going to be pretty helpful, but yeah. Uh, who is the best shot, shot blocker you have seen for Michigan State in your lifetime? Oh, man, that's a good question. Michigan State's had a lot of good shot blockers. I mean, Xavier was really good. I think he's at the top, right? Like Bingham. Jaren, Bingham, that's right. He was good because he was just so long. Um, 
Jaron Jackson, I mean, Deonta Davis was really good in a year that he played or so. Uh, Drew Namick actually was a really good shot blocker. He was blocker. the leading shot So blocker. the thing is, is, like, you have shot blockers that I'll say that are, like, the ones that are the, oh, wow, shot blockers that, like, toss it across the gym and they, like, volleyball spike it and they get your attention. But to me, the best shot blockers are, like, you used to be, right? Just time it up perfectly. You can really block a shot with either hand. You're not swatting at the ball. And you can bounce right back up. Like, I remember a game your your senior year in high school against Godwin Heights where we still have it on film, where you got up, blocked a shot, guy got the rebound, went back, another guy got it, and you went and sprung right back up. Like, to me, that's the measure of a of a great shot blocker. To, so, to me, like, a Namick and a Xavier, I think, are better that way because they're not the super athletic. They're just the smart shot blocker. So, give me a smart shot blocker. Every yeah, day. I mean, i I got to say Jaron. He, he was, Jaron really was a pretty good eraser. He was, he, was yeah. very, he was really good. If he just cut and help, and yeah. that ball is probably going back in your face. Uh, if he had stayed two years, I think he would be the all-time leading he Probably would blocker. be. You're right. He set the single-season record. I know that. Best Thanksgiving side dish. Oh, man. Uh, not green bean casserole. Um, honestly, for me, is like mom's vegetable medley. Like, you know, it's a casserole type thing. It's broccoli, carrots, cauliflower. Like, it's all gratin vegetables, right? So there's cheese and whatever. Like, to me, oh, and reheated, that's really good. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. I mean. Yeah, that's what I said as well. Or if she makes, which she doesn't always make it for Thanksgiving, but the cream or the... Uh, yeah, the cream corn recipe from Chop House, which is, like, really spicy. It's got the jalapenos. That's pretty damn fire, too. Yeah, that's really good, too. I said the same thing, the the medley. That's it. 99 down. We'll be in triple digits next week. Crazy. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Pound that like button. Leave us a comment if you want. Uh, if there's anything you want us to touch on basketball, football-wise, Please let us know. We'll try to do that. Um, Hope everyone has a great, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, Enjoy time with your family. Watch some good sports. Um, Eat a lot of food. Take a lot of naps. We gave you a nice long podcast to listen to to kill time on your drive to grandma and grandpa's house or whatever. Um, Again, shout out to Team Anders Realtors, Jim and Donna and their family for... um, being just great people and, and fantastic realtors here in the West Michigan area. Look them up at teamanders.com. And meantime, on this week of Thanksgiving, as Charlie Brown once said, what if today we were just grateful for everything? Everything.